0: This is a pay on Media production. Hey, bro, let's get into this thing. It's Damasi and Michael, just talking tech.
1: Yeah, I started CleanFeed. Uh, really? Yeah.
0: Huh. CleanFeed has all this awesomeness, and I don't care if you leave this in the episode, about how accessible they are, but a blind user can't see that you're actually recording on my end. You would think that would be something that would be identified.
1: You would think so some feedback we should maybe send them you know i'm just gonna send them like the last 10 shows because i think in the last five at least we've mentioned something about clean feed hey this is really good but you should fix this or improve that
0: stephen scott and sean priest of blind guy talks tech uh they said and a couple of their listeners said that they were getting some audio that had some uh, hiccups in it. So that's one of the reasons why they've stuck with Riverside, and Mm. they haven't had such a good experience with clean feed. Now, one thing that I will say has been said multiple times is that Riverside is receptive to accessibility feedback, but it comes down to the people actually giving them that feedback and taking the time to I know you find yourself in this situation. I do myself where there's something that I'd like to see improved the experience improved when it comes to accessibility or usability. And you mentioned a podcast that maybe we can bring up later, uh, But you need to actually take the time to sit down and explain to someone who has absolutely no experience with the screen reader how their website isn't working the way you expect it to, though it looks beautiful and people can just click on the images without any problems. And when you tell people, oh, just add alt tags to these buttons, they're like, what? What do you mean? That'll fix it.
1: I have found myself in that situation more oftentimes than I would like to admit, simply because it's tiring. Like, I don't think people really think about it if you actually put in the effort to reach out to a company about accessibility and explain to them and in, in in a detailed manner where you feel you're communicating not only the expected behavior but the actual behavior and how or some options for improving said behavior it gets tiring it's good get, yeah. it gets tiring i don't get paid to do this right and I don't have a a full-time 40-hour-a-week job that pays me. So, you know, when I want to go, uh, I'm not going to say screw off because that, that makes it sound terrible. When I want to go devote some time to trying to help improve accessibility for a product, not just for me personally, but for anyone else who encounters that product that is a screen reader user, I have that that negotiable time to work with uh, because I have some yeah. free time throughout my work day or I have some, you know, free time in the evening. Because once I punch the clock at 430 or 5 p.m., like then my day is done and I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's not my life. You know, my life is I don't have a fixed work schedule. You know, when I work, when I'm awake,
0: <laughs> that's that's sometimes what it seems like. It's all the time that I'm awake, I'm at work.
1: I'm working in some form or fashion. Uh-huh. Uh, I yep. mean, that that's not 100 percent true. Of course, there are times where I, I take out time to go play with my kids or go annoy my kids, depending on whose perspective you are uh, <laughs> taking there. Uh, you know, I sit around and talk with Tia. I read some news articles here and there. But a lot of my day, even when I'm not actually sitting right here where I'm sitting right now as we record, On the computer, I'm on my iPad or on my phone and I am researching information or trying to further educate myself in a way that is going to allow me to be more efficient or more uh, productive or even just more capable at my job. I mean, today is the first day that I actually took out a block of time in the middle of the day and I said, I'm going to devote this to learning. And guess what I did for the first 30 minutes of that time? I fixed the gravity form. (laughs)
0: so i was gonna say you worked because you called me or texted me or something while i was doing my studying
1: so before we get into our regular just chitter chatter even though we're already into our chitter chatter because you know that's how we we operate we plan to Uh do something and then do the exact opposite but (laughs) i wanted to take a moment here and full credit to uh uh the upgrade podcast on relay fm uh because they highlighted this uh on monday we are recording this tuesday june 28th and hey, tomorrow is my brother's birthday
2: huh.
1: We'll have to endeavor to call him because I don't get on facebook not even to tell people happy birthday uh, but I want to want to Take an opportunity here to highlight We're not going to get into a lot of political stuff because me and mike get down that rabbit hole and it is super hard to get out uh Of, And that's not really what our show is. But we're going to get a little political here for a second. Uh, The Supreme Court recently overturned Roe v. Wade.
0: Yep. And
1: I am going to say this. I'm not speaking for Michael at the moment. I'm speaking for myself uh, specifically. I really don't care how you feel about it. I don't care if you think it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Right. I know how I feel about it personally as an individual. So, if you feel that a woman should have the right to make a choice and you are concerned about such issues, go to abortionfunds dot org and the link will be in the show notes. This site uh provides way for you to donate to funds that will uh assist people in gathering information uh dealing with treatment um uh, you know getting the help that they are desiring to get uh, again don't care if you don't like it if you don't like it you feel like roe v wade being turned over was a great thing good for you don't tweet me don't tweet the show don't tweet michael don't email me i don't want to hear it
0: you can get a link to it at yourownpay.com dm98 and just remember choice is very important and that is what makes us who we are is the fact that we have the ability to make our own choices. Well, we should have the ability to make our own choices. I lost Mike. Mike left. Shout out to Jeff and the Microsoft team. Really appreciate Narrator, which has saved my uh, bacon. Is that the right right saying? I don't know. Anyways, so I'm using Narrator now, Devossi, because uh, I... I had a computer switch over. We'll talk about that here shortly. And I forgot to authorize JAWS. So it popped up with a dialogue that says press enter to, or at first I realized I had no JAWS. So I went and relaunched JAWS thinking maybe it just crashed. And then that dialogue popped up and said press enter to restart your computer and JAWS, and start JAWS in 40 minute mode. So I pressed enter and I wasn't even listening. I just heard press enter and I wanted to get speech back while you were talking. Which, for those who don't know, often happens I'm trying to get speech back or I'm reading something while Demasi he's talking uh it's not that i'm not paying attention to him it's just that i'm multitasking and then all of a sudden you went away i'm like wait a minute that just said press and so i texted you real quick and then my computer came back on i don't even know if it restarted or not because jaws is still saying press enter to reboot into 40 minute mode and i said nope i'm just going to use narrator i don't even have nvda on this computer so narrator got me back into calendar which got me back into clean feed which got me back into the google doc Let's talk about this real quick. I don't know how you're going to edit this because Demacia is editing this week's show. As those of you who are paying attention know, we're recording this on Tuesday. And we publish on Tuesday, but usually we record on Saturday and publish on Tuesday. Uh, I am going to Omaha for ACB National. So when this is published, I will be almost wrapping up my trip. That's weird to think about. Man, time travel. Gotta love that. Hmm. And, uh, Demasi is going to edit this. And I don't know how much of our previous stuff he kept in. I'm going to, I'm excited to listen to this week's show, uh, because it is someone else editing it. I mean, they like listening to our shows in general, but. Uh, I switched over to the Surface Book that we've had here, mainly because I wanted a computer that has a potentially better battery. And I just ran a JAWS command to check the battery, and that <laughs> didn't work because I'm using the narrator. <laughs> but uh, I wanted a computer that had a better battery. So I switched it to Andro. and the boys are using the Lenovo laptop because, honestly, I it's designed to stay... Plugged in in one place, and this computer will give me a little bit of flexibility, and it's smaller, uh, which smaller for me is perfectly fine. And then I have it plugged into the dock, the OWC dock that Mallory bought me for Christmas, and plugged into that OWC dock, which, by the way, um, yubi key will not work with the USB C on that OWC dock, uh, hmm. which is stupid. But, anyways. Plugged into that is the Zoom PodTrack P4, and that's all that's on my desk. I mean, i got cables on my desk, and i got my phones on my desk. That's weird to say. And my Gatorade. But audio equipment-wise, that's all that's on my desk. And then I have the boom arm right in front of me with the microphone. And, yeah, I'm I'm using the P4 for all of my audio needs. The Soundcraft is packed under the bed right now.
1: I'm starting to somewhat question the level of quality of OWC's docks to the point that I was looking at something today that I was thinking about buying from them at some point, not today, but thinking about buying right. at some point. And it's just, uh, I think Marty may have one of these actually. Uh, the, little, the little thing that you can stick under that's like the size of a Mac Mini, but it's like an external yep. drive with a couple of ports on it, right? So I was looking at this thing. And I was like, "Huh, I may buy one of those at some point uh, yeah. for future use of my Mac Mini when I actually upgrade to a newer computer." Which I don't, still don't know what that's going to be yet. But that'll that'll give me a nice little stack and I'm starting to question the quality of some of their stuff because I ran into a similar issue with my YubiKey on the uh OWC Thunderbolt 3 dock which I have for sale by the way if anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh where it would not work plugged into the ports uh on the front of it so uh but I have not run into that issue with the uh Thunderbolt hub that I'm using from I wish I could remember
0: there will be a link to it at your uh-huh, own DO Absolutely, slash DM90. Uh,
1: <laughs> I do know it's called the Elements Hub. Uh, ah, Cal Digit, yeah. Cal Digit
0: ah, makes it. Okay, okay. It. Uh
1: so yeah, you're on the Surface Book. So how has well, you haven't really been set up for too long, uh, but well, how think- has the PodTrack P4 been operating uh, compared to normal usage for you on 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 the computer?
0: So, the pod truck p four has worked fairly well for me uh i I do like having no latency in my headphones now, so I can talk and hear myself in my headphones, which <laughs> is awesome uh that is nice and almost worth keeping the sound if anyone reached out to me and they offered me a decent price for the soundcraft I don't know I don't know I like the routing abilities but uh no, you could pod... probably
1: do a lot of that with uh virtual audio cable.
0: I can't. I mean, I could do a lot, but I, I like the analog aspect of it. And the pod track doesn't offer any sort of, uh, aux outputs or group outputs. So ah. when I'm doing like, uh, ACB national or ACB national ACB of Oregon hybrid convention, I want something I'm comfortable with versus something we go pick up and rent for a couple of days and I have to learn everything about it. So I won't be selling the Soundcraft anytime soon because I will put that in a place where I can actually manipulate it and and make audio go where it needs to go and that's one of the downfalls to the P4 is it doesn't have any extra outputs the closest thing i have is i could run a eighth inch trs to trs out of the right side of the device and possibly bring audio in but record to like my phone for example i do like the sd the fact you can record with an sd card i have not played with that yet i gotta get another sd card or seven i mean two uh because mallory and i were talking about using home kit and I realized that the only micro SD card I have has my hand VoIP software on it. And I want a backup of that before I wipe that. Uh, but i i do like the fact that it gives you the flexibility of having that backup recording for instances like what happened today <laughs> where all of a sudden my computer is gone the pod Trek p4 was still chugging along i could still hear myself in my headphones because it has that battery backup and it has the ability to to record for about four four and a half hours on battery if necessary and then <clears throat> dm show isn't sponsored by at guys but jj if you're listening and you want to sponsor us you know how to read it. Yeah, me. JJ. <laughs> but the, uh, the accessible power bank that we have at AT Guys will power the P4. So – ultimately if you wanted to you could get the 20,000 milliamp accessible power bank and put that underneath the track P4 or the 10,000 if you wanted to and put that underneath the PodTrack P4 and then just plug a USB-C to USB-C cable which actually one of those ships with either of the power banks and then you just run that into the P4 and you have the AA batteries that are in the back of it as backup batteries but you're running off of the battery from the at dies. so uh, to answer your question it's a pretty good experience i will say
1: jj the ass are never going to be any cheaper than they are right now man i'm just saying yeah jj JJ,
0: things are changing (laughs) soon so lock yourself in and and give me a hard time if you're, or, or or, actually truly interest, And that'll tell me if you listen to the podcast. Uh, so Benjamin and I went in and made some changes to the settings yesterday and I was on team talk, I think it was. And, uh, there was a lot of noise and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, we disabled the limiter and so it was bringing in the air conditioner and sucking that volume into team talk and boosting it over team talk. So everyone heard the air conditioner with a little bit of Michael, uh, uh, so that was that was an experience. I had him fix it though. So it should be rejecting most of the background noise, and then I'm sure Demasi will run it through Alphonic, which by the way, Demasi, don't let me forget to get you my Alph- Alphonic account so you can run multi-track. So if you need it, just so you know. All right. Uh, but yeah, working pretty well. Um I, it is a different experience because I can't reach over and adjust the volume of narrator. <laughs> right now, I'm not touching the computer because I don't know the keyboard command to adjust the volume of the narrator voice to turn that down. Uh, so I'm not touching anything because I can't really adjust that and still hear Demasi. And by default, narrator ducks audio. So if I try to do something and Demasi talking, it's going to duck him down because he's audio. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. That's that. Um, I'm using Edge fully. Uh, I don't know that I will install Chrome right now, honestly, because I I got my two profiles set up. I did the thing that I wanted to do with a little bit of Googling, and I imagine that I found it on the Microsoft website. But now I have shortcuts to my AT guy's uh, Edge profile where I'm oh. signed in into Dyes on Gmail and stuff like that. And then I have my Payone Media Edge profile. I have not set up my virtual desktops yet. I currently have one desktop, which is really weird to me since I normally have three. Uh, and yeah, aside from that, oh, and I installed Reaper while Demasi and I were talking. I need to pull. Can people see the preference file GitHub repository? Or is that just between you and me?
1: nope that is private at the moment
0: okay perfect perfect well eventually if people want it or they're interested in contributing to a reaper preference github project so michael can learn github and we have something to use uh we might open that up in the future but i'm gonna go pull my reaper preferences files down so i can do some audio editing for a client and then um That'll restore all of my Reaper settings, which is awesome. Uh, I also need to install Google Drive because I just realized I don't have Google Drive on here. (laughs) Why don't these things come on the computers? I mean, we used to complain about bloatware, but I wouldn't mind it if it came with Google Drive and Dropbox already installed. Man.
1: Oh, man. I have a sinking suspicion that it is going to be requested of me to switch over to Dropbox. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yes, yes. Because I
1: feel like someone is having an issue trying to locate things in Google Drive or figure it out,
2: uh, mm. or
1: they're running into the issue of uh, access because they're logged in with the wrong account. Mm. So I feel like someone else is going to request that I start using Dropbox. It ain't going to happen. Say that right now. You, you but
0: can. You can do my thought if if you want me to use Dropbox. Your invoice just went up ten percent. Mm.
1: That's about the only way that's going to happen. Yep that That is about the only way that that's going to happen. And even then, I'm going to be very, very resistant to it. But yeah, I will do it, but I will bill for it because yes. I, I don't need Dropbox at all. Then I got to go look at one of these Dropbox apps that lets you use Dropbox without the bloat because I can't deal with that either.
0: Yeah, I don't remember Dropbox being a pleasant experience on the Mac. On Windows, I'll tell you, it it is probably one of the best cloud sharing tools when it comes to accessibility and and ease of use. I would like to find a way to trim down some of the notifications because I am on a couple of busy Dropbox folders, uh, ACB Media, for example. And so whenever someone has a new file or changes a file or deletes a file, I'm getting notifications. There are ways to trim those down. I just haven't taken the time to sit down and figure it out.
1: Yeah, I I just don't want it popping. I don't want the Dropbox app at, at all because yeah. I don't want to pop it up asking me, you know, use Dropbox passwords or use mm-hmm. Dropbox mm-hmm. letter or or whatever they Yeah, they're yeah. use DocuSign. Uh, yeah, or, or use Dropbox Mail. We have a mail client in here too. It's like, come on, man,
0: stop. Just can you just sync my files and go away? Right. Just just do what you were good at and the the, the pioneer at in the first place. Exactly.
1: Uh but yeah so cool so that is interesting that you're thinking right now i'm gonna be curious to see how long this lasts or if it lasts that you're not gonna switch over to chrome uh i have been playing around with edge myself though on the back and it is it is pretty nice i do really need to spend time with it so i may end up uh deleting chrome Mm. Uh, or just reconfigure. Really what I need to do is just reconfigure some stuff because right now I have open in on the Mac that I have uh, hard wired certain links to always open up in Chrome uh, such as a Google Doc for example. So I just need to probably switch some of that stuff over and then just start using strictly Edge in the scenarios uh, probably remap uh, launch bar so that when mm-hmm. I type the, the, mm-hmm. the GC for Google Chrome it actually still goes to Edge and then that'll, that'll help break that habit because Chrome works fine. I actually used Chrome to do something that I was finding problematic in Safari a few days ago. And uh but I do need to get comfortable with the interface cuz they have some things laid out a little bit differently. Uh, so. uh
0: favorites comes to mind for me.
1: So for me there's also so you know how how things are on the Mac where you know you can stop interacting with the web content and yep. there's like the toolbar and the address bar and all that stuff right. There's a button that is on the right like uh well i say the right side this probably may not be on the right side but if you if you view right past the web content there's another button kind of in the same place you will find the downloads bar when you have downloads mm-hmm. uh in chrome yep. i haven't clicked it yet because every time i've been in edge i've been actually doing something so i was like i do to click the button and just like erase everything that you got, <laughs> got going <laughs> on yep, yep. uh but I, I need to go actually i'm gonna go click that button right now just because i really need to know what it does Now that I said something about it out loud and actually acknowledged it, I really need to click this button to see what's going on. It didn't do anything. What was that? I said it didn't do anything.
0: Oh, well, that was very anticlimactic.
1: But yeah, their layout on Edge is, is uh, different. So I'm, I'm going to spend time with it because I do like it. It does actually feel, I actually told someone this from Microsoft recently. I was like, Edge feels faster to me. I haven't been using it that long because they asked me which browsers I had on the Mac. Or I mean, which browsers I was using. I was like, all of them. I got all of them installed. Which technically isn't true because I don't have Brave installed.
0: So what about edge do you not like or is it just that it's different uh it's not
1: anything that i don't like it's just like for the longest time i did not install it because i already had chrome uh Ah. and i decided to go try it because chrome was slightly starting to annoy me in certain ways uh and now it's more or less just like so i can use edge just fine um the only mm-hmm. difference is, like, I know where some things are in Chrome if I'm looking for a specific thing. Like, I need to just learn the layout of Edge better. Like, I can jump in here and go ah. do stuff just fine. It's just a breaking old habit of I am going to open up a Google Doc or I'm going mm-hmm. to clean feed. Uh, go to Chrome because that's what I do uh, versus go open up Edge. To go do this, so I just need to kind of get that muscle memory uh, switched over to where I start using Edge because it does feel nice to me. Like, I don't, I don't, I actually think it's a really, really good uh, browser uh, on the Mac OS. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, I I like Edge. Uh, the thing that used to drive me crazy, and you'll understand why I say used to in a minute, was JAWS would be too verbose in Edge. And Microsoft is doing great at trying to help. The screen reader get the information that they need, but sometimes Microsoft does a little bit too much in that realm. So, for example, when I load a page in Edge, JAWS says loading page, loading page, page loaded. Or when I go back and I press Alt Left Arrow, it'll say "Going back, page loaded," and to me, that's just too verbose. I don't need those details. Um, I, I'm experienced enough with web browsing that I know when the page is loaded. I see where that could be valuable, but for me, I don't. I it just dry, drove me crazy. So well, no, is
1: that is that not? Because see, for me, I've never experienced that. Is that not something that is? I, I would have thought that would be controlled by your Jaws settings and not anything uh, Edge. Would have any control over?
0: So, my understanding about it is that JAWS is getting the information that Edge is passing to accessibility tools. In the June 2022 JAWS release, they did announce uh, notification customization, which means I can go in and I can mute all of those notifications or specific notifications. Maybe I want to know when the page is loading, but I don't want to hear going back. Or maybe I want to hear that the file is done downloading, but I don't want to hear that the file is actually downloading. So you can go into JAWS and configure what of what of those notifications that are, are read to you as a JAWS user user, you actually want to hear. And when I get around to reconfiguring JAWS and getting everything all set up, I will uh, go back in and set it up the way I had it. Now, I am using... So now one of the things that I uh, set up before I switched computers is I was using iTunes to listen to music and iTunes is uh, still iTunes. It's not the best, especially when it comes to accessibility with windows, but I can use my Apple music membership that I'm actually paying for instead of some hackery way of getting YouTube with no ads. So I can listen to music and not be interrupted. The problem with iTunes though, for example, is every time a new song started, it would play a or it would display a notification on screen that would say the artist the name of the song, and I believe it has the album well, jaws graciously read that information to me really appreciate it when I'm on a phone call, my song changes that I'm not even listening to. So that was the first notification that I went in and muted was anything from iTunes. So now iTunes can play music. I have crossfading enabled and it just plays music in the background. Uh, I can, when I have the sound craft on, raise and lower the slider to adjust the volume and you know, everything goes good. So th- the fact is, as I'm starting to get edge, the more, I'm starting to get edge to provide me the information that I actually want to get. And the more that I use it, it does, it seems a bit snappier and it's a clean experience. It's, it's a lot better than the first iteration of edge. That's for sure.
1: I just discovered what I think is a bug. I just set a hotspot on a page. Now this could be Demasi doesn't really know how this works with voiceover. So I'm doing it wrong, but I set a hotspot for the Mm -hmm. save button for the files. And, uh, clean feed right Then i hit command two and i go to the google doc and i'm looking at the google doc and then mike just said something to me a few minutes ago about our saving i was like oh yeah i should probably go do another save so i hit command one to jump back to the tab that has clean feed in it and then mm-hmm. i hit vo one do you think it jumped to my hotspot? no it's like no. it does not exist
2: no
0: that is weird because sometimes that works
1: I've had that work reliably a lot of the time. Like This is actually one of the first times that I've seen it not work. Hmm. The other thing, now this is a bug in voiceover that I just, well, I, have, I didn't just discover it. It just exhibited itself so I can talk about it. I just hit command one to switch back to the tab just in case, maybe I'm hitting the wrong shortcut. Let me double check and make sure. Uh, tell me why voiceover is still reading the page as though I'm still inside of the Google Doc.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm this that happens
1: doesn't... way more often than it should and it happens yes. in all of the browsers this is not a chrome or chromium specific issue this is a WebKit issue i mean this is a safari issue as this, well i think so, it's
0: more of a voiceover
1: so it's, it's a voiceover issue. issue yeah i was gonna say like this happens in yeah. safari as well so this is a voiceover issue because this happens to me uh in several different places i believe i've even had it happen uh
0: I've had it happen where I had ByWord open and I was, was gonna safari say, I'm and gonna to reading me. ByWord content.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've had that happen too. Like, it's like it, it, it loses where it is or something. I don't know. But they, that those are the sorts of things that start these conversations that seem to have been going on for like the past six months. Probably not that long, but it feels like it
2: because
1: mm-hmm. it's getting a little tedious. I can very easily pick apart some stuff that Jaws isn't doing well or I feel like should be done differently. However... You know, I feel like people are gonna use what they like. I like the Mac. I'm gonna stay on the Mac. Although, yeah. I was thinking about picking up a, a Nook, a
0: mm-hmm. little small Windows computer. Yeah. I was thinking about it. You should do it. I was just gonna. Then run, you'll I was just you'll find you'll find. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say you'll find that Windows 11. Everyone's like, oh, uh, Apple has the the best quality or the the most reliable audio engine. And honestly, I'm I have not been disappointed with Windows 11 audio subsystem uh I, I can plug in an interface and it'll pick it up sometimes it works smarter than i thought I think it would like i expect jaws to stay on one sound card so i don't change my headphones and i plug in the mix and all of a sudden jaws is switched over there which is is nice uh, i don't have to confirm it and all of the audio devices that i've been using on windows have been picked up without any problem in both riverside and chrome or uh and clean feed and zoom and like i don't have that is it going to show up in this place or or is it going to crash the computer if i unplug it i have found plug and play to be a lot more reliable especially with audio on windows
1: yeah i think a lot of i and mean you have discussed this a little bit privately too with the way that audio behaves now uh in windows a lot of what People's speculations are about the way it works are, you know, mired in the past, and they haven't tried it recently or haven't had a recent experience because Apple, in some ways, has gotten somewhat worse mm-hmm. with audio uh, at different times.
0: Minecraft working out for you there, Demasi? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Fucking Apple, man. Uh, but at different times throughout, you know, the past four or five years, we will have a release of mac os that like things just get a little weird especially for voiceover users maybe if you're not a voiceover user you don't notice this mm. but you know as a voiceover user uh there there have been the occasional releases of mac os and it, it gets fixed eventually but you know you may go right. through you know a point a couple of point releases where voiceover hours all of a sudden starts stuttering uh, or your audio all of a sudden starts stuttering. Yep. And like, I mean, there, there was a very, very bad bug that was happening to me repeatedly uh, shortly before I got this M one Mac mini. Mm. So I want to say fortunately before I got this Mac mini, uh, it happened because one, I was on an M one computer then two. But also it you know, I didn't get the M1 Mac Mini and hook it up and get it set up and then it was like, oh well, it's broken now. <laughs> it's due to return it. Right. Where voiceover would just start stuttering really, 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 really bad. And the only way to get out of it was to just force shut down the computer because there was there, you could oh, it, it would bad. completely lock up the entire machine. So like weirdnesses happen with Apple. Uh I completely get and right now I'm I'm almost at a point. Uh I'm almost to the point where I could very easily switch to Windows if if that was going to be a more advantageous situation for me. Now, if I was, you know, in your position where you were, where you kind of had to go to Windows at one point because that, that the place you were working like you didn't have an option, they gave yeah. you a Windows computer. So, you know, you had to go to Windows. We uh,
0: come full circle and back on that laptop. <laughs> Uh,
1: you know, I could do that like that, that, you know, it would take me a little while to get up to speed with some of the newer commands and jaws, but I wouldn't be lost, uh, Narrator, I you're would more have to of an learn.
0: NVDA user, aren't you? I was before I yeah. before
1: I switched over to the Mac full time. Uh, gotcha. But I, I kept Jaws around. Like I would open up Jaws every now and then and, and run yeah. it. Uh, and and back then, at least, Jaws was still much much better when dealing with word documents than NVDA was. Uh, ah. Especially if you were dealing with like. Uh, Some of the more advanced word features that people would insist on putting in their documents. I'm like, this is completely unnecessary. Like your
0: footnotes? (laughs) Yes. It's like,
1: why? This is not that type of document. You're not writing a paper. You you just want to be fancy because you know some keyboard shortcuts. Okay, I get it. I get it. It's like people who use big words for no reason.
0: Well, that never happens. <laughs> but I could fairly I'm,
1: easily switch over to Windows. with The, the only thing that I would I pro- – there's not a replacement for Audio Hijack uh, that I'm aware no, of. So I would no. have to come up with a different solution for that. Uh, but most of everything else I use is either a cloud solution. I'm about to find a text editor, I guess, because I still haven't settled into VS Code. I think it's still
0: – Notepad++. Nope, plus Plus.
1: Yeah, that would probably be it, man.
0: Yeah. I, I, I say that. I don't use it. My text editor is still Google Docs, but.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, if I'm, you know, looking at if PHP If you want to write PHP or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, probably Notepad++, plus plus because that, that's what I used on Windows as just a, a editor, period, uh, right. <laughs> before I switched was Notepad++. And,
0: and and Microsoft is screwing with Notepad now. There was a bug. I, I, I cannot confirm if it's still there. But there was a bug for a while. If you down arrowed and you got to the last line and you press down arrow again, instead of it saying blank, it just read the last line. So it would make you think that you have multiple copies of the last line at the bottom of your notepad document. And so you had to up arrow and then realize, oh, that is not the, the that is not multiple.
2: Oh, though. that
1: is terrible because yeah. you could also think that you didn't have a, a, a empty,
0: An empty line, line to there. write on. Yep. Yep. So I would use. It is still doing it because I have to use my right arrow to to here blank and then space. And the blank tells me it's a new line. Space tells me I'm at the beginning of the new line, and I can start typing. But if I actually press down arrow, it would read the text on the last line. Hmm. Well, the prior it's hard one.
1: out here for a screen reader user, man. I yeah. gotta tell you.
0: Yeah. But then we just move on. You know, when I when I reset this Surface Book this morning at 6 o'clock in the morning and then I went and did my workday and then I started the process of resetting my Lenovo. I'm like, man, I'm going to – oh, I know I forgot something. Then I realized my setup that I talked about a couple of episodes ago where my documents just live in Google Drive and I have a shortcut in my documents folder called documents. So if I go accidentally go to documents and I – And I want to put something there. I'll see that there's a folder, a shortcut called documents. I click that and that puts me in my documents folder in Google drive. The fact that all that is there, I'm not going to, I might, I might lose some data from yesterday and today because I, now that I think about it, I forgot to turn Google Drive file syncing back on after AMI. Uh, but aside from that, I, I don't think I'm going to lose anything. So it'll be once I get Google Drive installed, like I'm on the Lenovo and, and performance is pretty comparable between the two computers uh the surface book has a 1.9 gigahertz processor uh the sir the lenovo has a 2.65 gigahertz processor so it's going to be a little bit faster but for what i'm doing with it right now it seems to work fairly well uh, i am running on battery right now watching the battery because ultimately i want to make sure that i have a computer that'll last the time that i need it to while i'm in the exhibitor halls without having to worry about plugging something in so that way i can you know, check people out and and help people with what they need help with and not have to trip over cables. Exactly. And I'm not taking the MacBook Air because I have problems with ZenCart or Zendesk. Although now that I'm thinking about it, the MacBook Air might actually have been the better solution (laughs) because the battery would have lasted. I'm not using Zendesk. I am only using ZenCart. So yeah, well... It's already done.
1: Wait, Zen cart and Zen desk? Yes.
0: Yes. Did I not ever notice this before
1: or did I already make this joke and I forgot about it?
0: Uh I don't remember. There's a lot
1: of Zen going on with JJ, man. Yes, zen, yes girl.
0: there is. Yes there is. JJ's a Zenny man. <laughs> <laughs> And then
1: he's got the FX No. <laughs> <laughs> the ZFX uh board. I don't think that's what he has though.
0: I, I don't I don't think so. I could be wrong. Hey JJ, hope you're traveling safe to New Orleans if you're listening to this when it gets published. Oh wait, no, you should already be there. Anyway, yeah,
1: you should be there by I did not know NFB convention was in New Orleans this year. Uh I oh, just yeah. asked somebody that earlier today and they were like it's in New Orleans. I was like, "Oh. Well, dang, I Fair could
0: have kind of popped over there. I was going to say, are you going to jump over there next week? No, no.
1: Gas too high, man. Screw that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Had I planned for such a thing or something, like I probably could have uh, gone over, maybe caught a bus or, or caught a ride with people that were headed that way. And uh, I got I got some family and some friends in New Orleans that I could have stayed with, so I wouldn't have to pay the ridiculous, outrageous fees at the Hyatt Regency, mm-hmm. which is I'm pretty sure is where they're going to be at. Yep. Uh yep. So, no. yeah, I could have done that had I known, but, you know, I really didn't care. It is too hot. I don't I don't care.
0: It, it, yeah, it's 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 hot everywhere. And I'll probably go over
1: there and just get in trouble anyway. So man, stay home, <laughs> do some work, edit my podcast, man. That's what I got to do. Look, now mm-hmm. I'm going to blow everybody off this week. Can you help me? No, I got to edit my podcast. Yeah. How long does it take to edit? I got to edit my podcast.
0: I, I, I haven't done it in like 30 episodes, so I got to remember <laughs> how to do it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Can you did nope, got to edit my podcast. Well, how long does it take? You said that three days ago.
0: Look, look. You want to
1: know when the last time was I opened Reaper before I had to edit this? (laughs) Let me tell you about it, man.
0: I had to update Reaper. Well, that's not... I mean, anyone who knows, Reaper seems to be updating every other week or something.
1: So, thanks to Homebrew, (laughs) I don't have to update Reaper manually You should
0: update Osara, though. You should.
1: Ah, Oh, okay. So I did not know there was an update out for that. Is there yeah. not a way to get notified when there's an update of Osara? I thought there was.
0: I think they should make a built-in updater to Osara. Like that would almost be worth contributing to to make that happen. Hold because, on
1: because while we're talking about I mean, go ahead.
0: Okay. Because I have noticed that A, Osara has been a lot more snappier for me over when I when I updated And reinstalled Osara. uh, I noticed it was a lot more snappier. There's sound effects. I don't know if the Mac has those sound effects, which is pretty cool. It puts like a click in your left ear when you start a selection, Uh, not a selection, but when you uh, press left bracket, it'll put a click in your left ear. And then when you press right bracket, you hear a click in the right ear. So you know that it's in place. And then you can press delete to delete that time selection. Uh, And there's a couple of other little things that is like, really, that, that makes a huge difference in my productivity. Uh, and then one thing that I, I struggled with, and I don't know if it has always been this way. I don't think it has, but I was able to, with the latest version of Osara, press control left and right arrow to go between items. Right. Which is fine, but I could press shift F2 when I got to an item. And instead of it giving me the path to the item, it said item name edit. So I could backspace out of there and rename the item, which is amazing because you can do a control alt a on windows and select all the items in a track. And if you're making like a clip track, so clips of a podcast that you want to promote, you just name those clips the the primary focus of the the primary subject of the clip itself and then you do control alt a that will select all the items you do control alt r to render and then you choose from the wildcard drop down the item name and then you change the render to all selected items and then all of a sudden uh because this is a project I was working on the other day I have 7 10 15 items that already are named because uh, the render dialogue just grabs the name of the item and creates a file with that file name. And it is amazing. It's a little thing that makes a huge time difference for me. I called Demasi the other day when I was doing this and I'm like, I love the render queue because I just queued up everything (laughs) I needed to render. And then I said, do it. And then I told Siri to call Demasi while it was rendering.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I used to love the, uh, the batch, uh, Mm. The batch export feature in uh, ScreenFlow. Yeah. You yeah, know, perfect. that's an app I think I'm going to find myself hard pressed to update this year when they do their update to whatever the next version is. Because I, I have been consistently over the years continuing to update it. There may have been a couple of updates I skipped. Uh, because, you know, I find it less accessible than it used to be in a lot mm-hmm. of ways uh as they add more complexity and more functionality to the app i find it to be less accessible than it was back in the days of screenflow 5 when for me at least it was an easy recommendation if you needed a tool like that on the Mac, and there was really nothing else to do this apple's built-in screen recording is passable i don't know how good it looks visually to people but it does work for what i use it for which is you know recording a quick little hit this is what this is doing and it shouldn't be doing this. Please fix it because I can't do my work right now or you're frustrating the uh, crap out of me. (laughs)
0: Are you going to leave that in like that?
1: Mm, I'm probably going to take it out.
0: I'm using Zoom to share my screen with myself. It's a very lonely Zoom session. <laughs> so I go in and I open Zoom and I have a meeting with myself. I make sure to turn my video off because I don't want people to see me who's not there. And then I do a screen sharing and I record that screen. And that typically does not capture JAWS, but I will capture JAWS into Reaper. So I can get the higher quality local recording for my mic. Because the the things that I'm recording for are A, things to Zendesk to say, Hey, this isn't working. Here's what I'm experiencing. They seem to be very receptive of that feedback. Again, comes down to the time aspect of it. And then I'm also working on a couple of projects where, for example, I recorded myself going in and deleting all of my Todoist projects. I didn't do them all, but I deleted some Todoist projects and showed people how I was able to do that, and walk them through with the keystrokes that I was pressing. Uh, I also showed people how to quickly add tasks to Todoist with Zoom screen sharing because it w- there is a way to do it in Windows, but I I didn't have the inkling to go look it up and figure out what buttons do you press and then i also didn't know what exactly it's going to capture whereas with zoom you can you can verify that it's going to capture the whole screen or a specific Or just a specific window or yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. That 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 absolutely works. I was resistant for a while and I still haven't actually really used it. Uh, but I was a little resistant to doing the screen sharing thing with Zoom. Uh especially for mobile at least, because they would make me install their Zoom audio driver.
0: Oh. I wanted to yeah, capture audio that.
1: from the uh phone. Yeah. And you know, like I said earlier, there were a few times where like I really didn't want anybody installing any kind of virtual audio, anything into my system that wasn't already there or had to be there. Like, you know, once I install audio hijacked the, the, the audio capture engine is already installed. So installing any more of their tools does not have a negative effect on that because it's using the same library. Uh, Zoom's virtual audio or uh, what's this app I use for camera uh, Camos, Camos virtual Uh, deal It wanted to install one time I was like nope because the last Mm -hmm. time I did this it completely wrecked my whole system so no installing anything I don't know what you're doing I don't have time for it because if I lose audio a sighted person loses audio on their computer and it's annoying I lose audio on my computer and it is a no go
2: yeah yeah. Uh,
1: I was just checking the Ossera GitHub page to see if Jamie had activated the ability to uh, accept sponsorships. Uh, ah. GitHub, he, it appears that he has not. That's disappointing. I, I don't know if he. Uh, so, it, doesn't he work for Firefox?
0: He works for MV Access, I think.
1: Uh, no,
0: maybe it is Firefox. Maybe well, is. I thought he got
1: a job. I thought he got a job working for Firefox. It, yeah. I I wonder, I I don't want to open up a GitHub issue for that, though. I will try to find another means to ask him, like, you know, are you interested? Would you be interested? Are you able to uh, yeah. set up GitHub Cause, sponsorships? Because I found myself sponsoring a lot more uh, software through GitHub than going to people's. Because there were people, there are still people who have Patreons. And I just, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't particularly care I don't for like Patreon. Patreon. I don't know why.
0: It's it's, interf- its it's interface. If you've ever spent any time in its interface, it's very clunky. It, it seems It is very old. clunky. It,
1: it, it is very clunky and difficult to navigate. It's not laid yeah. out very very structurally. It's not laid out very well. Here's a thing, just a side note. Uh, this is what I find difficult about web development when working with clients. If someone were to come to me uh, with the information that um, Patreon wants on a page, right? Like, we want these sections, we want these sorts of things. I could probably lay you out a pretty good page and only mm-hmm. need to do some slight tweaking. The problem I run into is people want stuff designed and they don't have any content. And I can't design around no content. Uh Just a slight complaint because I was feeling like I was going to have to start doing a lot more design crap than I really want <laughs> to do. Uh <sighs> because yeah reasons i'll tell you about that uh reasons reasons but yeah i will i, I don't like like i just kind of have a not I say not good feeling about patreon yeah i don't like the website but i just don't like yeah. the, i i don't it's not that i hate the idea of patrons something about patreon i don't like uh beyond that but as soon as uh, some people who were accepting donations through Patreon switched over to get help sponsors, like I was there answering, like, sure, I can give you a couple of bucks a month, right? Don't mind because you know what? I use the tools that you have created and I have been using them as I have learned to really get deep into uh, WordPress development and more importantly, a lot of these tools have taught me. The trade of being able to deal with, uh, you know, continuous delivery, continuous delivery, uh, continuous integration, just good developer overall general developer skills. So even if I can't write code like you just did to make this thing that I'm using, uh, I understand the principles behind working with a organization if I find myself in that scenario of how to uh, do things so github sponsors if you have a software you use and it's open source and they are on github nine times out of ten they probably have a sponsorship and most of them are fairly inexpensive starting off at usually like a dollar a month or something so you know support and osara
0: is something that has made me money it's it's a tool that i use on a daily basis uh so yeah yeah well, i would well, absolutely well sponsor
1: i would absolutely sponsor if he had uh
0: if anyone knows of any information about sponsoring Osara or why it's not available, or if absolutely our, tweet at us. Interested? That you can tweet at us about. Yep. Go for it.
1: Go ahead. Tweet at us about that.
0: So. Todoist, you and I touched on this last episode, but we haven't really talked about it and you did something. Oh, that was the other thing I showed people how to do is I showed them how to export their Todoist tasks on Windows. So you started with that and then you took a drastic move with Todoist. So tell us how you're using Todoist and what the experience has been like, because I'm interested in this.
1: So, I um I did the export, backed up my, uh, or downloaded a backup of Todoist. Uh, is that a paid feature only?
0: The automatic daily backups is a paid feature. You can always go in and click the uh, create new backup button.
1: Ah, good to know. Good yep. to know. So, good deal. Uh, but I did download a backup, and I actually followed that exact step. I actually created a backup right then manually and then downloaded that backup once it was done. And Yeah saved it on
0: but you could have just downloaded the daily backup because they're right there it's actually a very clean interface for the backups i was um
1: i think i did that because i wasn't i i, I, I think i just clicked to create backup because yep. i was like yep. i want one right now you right this second yeah and i want yep. one right this second i don't know when you did george and i want to go figure it out so i'll just download mine because i made it right now i know i haven't changed anything since then yep uh so I downloaded that and then I went through and deleted all of my projects and all of my tasks. Well, I deleted all of the projects first, which included the task up under those projects. Uh, then I also went in and deleted uh, everything that was in my inbox. I deleted all of the labels uh, that I had. I basically burned it down to the ground and started over. Uh, or nuke and pave, as they say in the business.
0: You know, like nuke and pave, <laughs> as, as they thing. say, or as Allison says. Uh,
1: I've heard other people say it. Too. Okay, I hear enough other people say it that I don't know if she created it or not. But maybe right. Allison created it. She loves saying. <laughs> I think she just likes saying. I think she right. does it sometimes just because she likes to say. I did a nuke and pave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I did that, and then I started working my way back into using to do productively because i had been sort of kind of halfway using it and it right. wasn't productive so first i didn't go in and create a whole bunch of projects i think right now i have a total grand total of three projects in to doist. and those wow. projects only exist because i had to create those projects to start working on something there will be a total of five by the time this show publishes at minimum Uh, because I have two other projects that I just haven't created yet because I haven't sat down and and mapped out exactly what I'm going to have to do. Uh, One of those projects is a bedrock project, and that has a couple of sections in it. One is a uh, section that I titled liabilities, because these are things that the company is responsible for paying for. And they are recurring expenses, whether it's monthly or annually. So I have put those things in there so that I don't forget that they're coming up, so that I don't sit yeah. around and look at my bank account one day like, man, I got a pile of money. I'm going to go buy a Mac Studio, hmm. and I mm-hmm. get the Mac Studio, and I'm rocking out, and everything is great. And then a bill and Then your up. mailbox needs renewed. And then, uh, and then uh, Cloud DNS is like, oh yeah, so we need our money. I'm like, oh crap. Uh, hold on. Can I I
0: pay you in in Mac Studio time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'll give you some render time on my Mac Studio. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's one section in that project. The other section in that project is, I don't remember what it is now off the top of my head. Gotcha. Gotcha. Does't have much in it, but yeah so uh that's there's that uh a second project I have is for Desiree uh, for five seconds uh because there's stuff going on there. I forget what the third project is I'm not looking at it right now uh, and then I started to slowly create a few labels uh, so I do have a label called home uh, I have a label called uh Insurance. Because I have both business Apple Care and insurance. Well, not just Apple Care. I started with Apple Care stuff, but I have both business insurance and uh, personal uh, mm. insurance. Mm-hmm. So that tag, that, that label, I think of them as tags, but that label is there so that I can apply it to anything to deal with one of those things. And if I need to just check, like, am I insured or I thought I had insured for this or whatever. <laughs> like I could just go to that label. of like, Oh yeah, I do have, I do have Apple care on that, that iPad. Okay, cool. So I can get that fixed. Um, And then I was like
0: a, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, do you have like a household project or do you, are you not keeping household chores or requirements or things that need to get done in Todoist? So
1: I just haven't got around to creating that project yet. Uh, because I really want to, because that's one of the mistakes I feel like I made a little bit with to do is, uh, at one point is I started putting everything in there. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that stuff didn't need to go in there. And I set up a project for household that I did not structure correctly. So, uh, using sections, I think is going to be extremely helpful there because I can set up things that are like, okay, these are recurring, you know, things that need to happen. Uh, and then here are some. Uh, and it may be labeling as well, like someday or future. Or uh, I think one thing that I, I think one thing that I don't need to do is add things to To Doist that I want to buy at some point, uh, mm, because mm. that is one thing that I did. Like I've looked back as you know I was going through my tasks the other, my exported uh, projects the other day, looking for things that I needed to put back into To Doist that I had forgotten about. Right. And I was looking at one of the projects, and I opened it up and browsing the CSV, and I was like, "Oh man, I forgot about those uh those little uh solar lights that I wanted to buy." But those really didn't belong in Todoist because I was actually researching the type of lights that I wanted to use, and for me at least, I don't think that's where they should have been. Would
0: uh, would that have been a better use of something like Devon thing. So you could research, you could put them in there and then research things and add your researched because I've never used Devon thing. So tell me if I'm, I'm going the wrong direction. No,
1: that would, that would be a great use for DevonThink. thing. Uh, and maybe link back to the, the, the group in Devon think or the database in Devon think while we're storing that information and just linking to that in, in to doist up under a, mm-hmm. a, uh, subtask or something that says, Hey, just so you don't forget, like you're, you're needing to buy it, especially if it's something I need to buy. And like, I just yeah. have to research it, uh, yep. as opposed to something I would like to buy. And I have no idea when or if I'm ever going to buy that thing. Um, uh, So, yeah, DevonThink is great for something like that, compiling a bunch of research and being able to – compiling a bunch of information and being able to pull it out and and, and look at it and 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 look at it in different ways. Uh, Also, for people who are not using DevonThink or, you know, feel like that may be too heavy of a lift, uh, notes would also be good for this. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I, yep. I talked to someone today That said she uses Apple Notes for everything I was so happy Because it used to be difficult To get her to do stuff With technology But <laughs> uh, she's like Nope I use reminders In my notes and I was like Apple Notes Apple Notes for everything She's like And I got stuff Password protected uh, Ooh, I nice. was like Oh look at there All right there That
0: th- is that, awesome
1: That's And look Notes is kind of rocking Like honestly mm-hmm. Notes is a seriously Good application At this point uh,
0: I have a shared note With someone That we Well it's with Mark for unmute and whenever we add stuff to it we can see it the the one thing i will say for shared notes that apple has not has not been successful with is that real-time collaboration so you can share a note but if i delete something marty doesn't see that deletion until he closes the note and reopens it
1: ah okay so you have answered a question that i had uh and i intended on sharing a note with you at some point just kept forgetting (laughs) about it to see like what happens yeah if we're trying to edit this at the same time
0: and like he doesn't know where i am in the thing so so it's not created for that real-time collaboration but you can collaborate on notes
1: uh yeah shared notes are, are super useful now that i know she is actually using shared i mean using <laughs> notes i am probably going to uh work out Start a way to share notes. notes with her uh so we you can you
0: mark down in notes
1: um i was gonna say no but i i don't want to say that because
0: yeah, everybody yeah, seems don't, don't to be doing some sure.
1: weird half-assed flavor of markdown we'll oh, support
0: our
2: if you version, version of markdown. Asterisk,
1: <laughs> if you type a pound sign we'll turn that into a heading but if yeah. you try to make a link that way, nope, we're not going to respect that at all. I have no idea what you're trying to do with that, buddy. Uh, get yeah. out of here.
0: That looks weird. Misspell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Use some text and command K and make a link like everybody else.
0: Right. Grammar error.
1: Uh, but yeah. Well,
0: good. So you, two, two more things about that. You mentioned the other day offhandedly, and I said save it for the show, and I don't know. I think I said that. I at least thought it. You mentioned how you're using comments with some automation versus the description of the task? W- what is the the pro of that? Or do you want to explain that whole automation with your email?
1: Sure. So what, I'm, what, what I set up recently, because me and Michael, well Mike actually came up with this idea. So you gave me this idea first. Mm-hmm. You were like, I want to figure out a way that I can start an email. And we started off looking at IFTTT with this. He was like, I want to be able to start an email in, in my Google account. And have that create a task in Todoist. Right. I was like, that is an ingenious idea.
0: <laughs> We're going to do that.
1: And then I went and looked, not immediately, but I went and looked later on that same day that you said it to me, which tells mm-hmm. you how great of an idea it was because I went right. immediately that same day. day to try to do it. And I was like, oh, it looks like we can't do that with IFTTT, we we'll don't have the right, uh, we don't have any triggers for Gmail with IFTTT. Yeah. Uh So then I went to go look at Zapier. This is how great this idea was. Like I have been dancing around going to create stuff in Zapier for a while because I just did not really want to touch it. And I feel like if I get in there, I'm going to get too deep in there and then start having Mm -hmm. to pay them crazy amounts of money. But I went down the path of setting up a Zap for this particular thing. It's not my first time using Zapier. I just hadn't had to use it in a few years. Right. also used to be the beneficiary of a uh, non-profit discount that uh, has gone away. So, you know, there's that too. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: so what I set up in Zapier is a very simple thing. It's not super complicated. Uh, the trigger is, uh, and for anyone not familiar, Zapier is a online... Uh, Automation system platform Mm -hmm. that allows you to connect you know different web services together and, and, and make things happen based off one thing happening here. It will do a thing over there. So the trigger is when a email is starred in Gmail. Here's a key that I did not notice up front because I did not read everything. The starred <laughs> email in Gmail has to be received within the past two days of you starring it. So if I receive an email today and I star, it will work. If I received the email yesterday, it will work. If I received the email two weeks ago, it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, so naturally when I was testing it the first time, it wasn't working because I was trying to star email just to make sure it worked.
0: And so he texted me and said, this isn't going to work. <laughs> This <laughs>
1: is exactly what I said. <laughs> but I was like, man, I really kind of need this to work. <laughs> so I went back and I actually thought I had screwed up that Zap. So I deleted that one and built a whole new ah. one. But essentially, it's the same thing. If I start email and Gmail, the action that is taken is that a new task is created in uh, Todoist.
0: In and, your inbox
1: right yep in my inbox you can choose to have it go to a specific project even to a specific section in a project mm-hmm. if you want to so what i did is i created a section in my inbox that uh has the email emoji follow and then follow up ah, uh, as the okay. section name and then that is where those go uh and i give them a due date of the date of the email uh because you can format you know like what the due date will be so i give them a due date of the day that the email was received so if nothing else if i star something and i'm not thinking about it and i forget about it later on that day when i check to do is which i have been doing routinely i've been doing it so much that Siri suggested it as a shortcut on the home ooh, open ooh, up to do view you've been consistent
0: with that and i said
1: whoa <laughs> i've never seen this Um uh, and,
0: and and now do you use that shortcut uh I, I didn't use it just right then because i didn't need to right. open it but i was just like whoa
1: yeah <laughs> it's the first yeah. time to do it. ever came up as a suggested <laughs> action by siri like it rotated it had to look it had to rotate the whole widget around to get the siri and then uh uh-huh. and then make, like,
0: and then surface that to and do then surface that i was yeah. like
1: oh man this is uh yeah usually i see like open overcast or
0: right right <laughs> this is how siri shortcut should be working
1: so, uh, so it adds that, that, that task to that section, uh, with the due date set as the date that the email was received. Yeah. Uh, and then I have it pull out the, oh, and the title of the email is the subject line of the title of the task, excuse me, is the subject line of the email and the name of the sender. Uh, ah, okay. So I'll, I'll at least be it at, at a first glance, like know what it was about and who it came from. Um, yep because sometimes you get ambiguous subjects like check this out and like oh Michael mm-hmm. Babcock oh okay <laughs> according uh, to the juices geez, right <laughs> like what the hell is? oh Michael okay <laughs> so uh, and then the and you you kind of set up all these mappings so like you as you're setting up the action for to do it's like this the uh, task name field you can you get the little parameters that they automatically surface for you from Zapier to say I want to use the subject gotcha. of the email and all of that mm-hmm. so that's how this information is actually getting put where I'm placing it Uh, the final thing that I do have it do is uh, add the body of the email Uh, in Zapier it says this is going to go into the description however either it's due to the length of an email or Just I don't know, but it ends up as a comment instead of going into the uh, description. So I did not intentionally do that. It's just what seems to happen uh, with all the emails that I have started that have ended up in to do is the body of the email is in a comment, which is fine because it makes it very easy to read the email. And if there are links in the email that I need to click, I can click those links in the comments comment a whole lot easier. Whereas if I try to double tap sometimes on a link in the description or something, it will just open it up in edit mode for me to edit it. And it's like, it's not what I want to do. I wanted to activate the link. Uh, mm. So that yeah. has been working. Uh, one thing I told you, Mike, that I'm going to correct here uh, for everybody is I told you to also have the link of the email, uh, the Gmail message link uh, saved yeah. in the comment as well so I can get back to the actual email so I can reply to the person or something. Mm-hmm. It does appear right now that if I archive that email and then I tap that link, uh, it just drops me in, in Gmail uh, on ah. the web. It does not actually... Take me to the email as I expected. Uh, I'm gonna do a little bit more testing with that. It could just be weird behavior on iOS, so I'm gonna try it from the Mac. But as of right now, that does not seem to do what I wanted it to, which was take me back to the message in Gmail so I could reply once Mm -hmm. I had done whatever it was they were talking about. That I Salesforce
0: solves all your problems. You don't need this to do a thing. Just just set up Salesforce and pay two hundred and fifty dollars a year.
1: Salesforce gonna send
0: me reminders. Uh, actually, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you can you can turn emails into tasks that have due dates and stuff all within Salesforce. Uh, so I'm going to. But is it going to send me push notifications? On I it? believe if you download the Salesforce app and you sign in, it will send you push notifications. Oh yeah yeah don't ask questions you don't want answers to because nah, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about
1: this though it's like okay well look you know to do this cost me 36 bucks a year you know something else i'm paying for that i probably could get rid if of if you end up paying for zapier for.
0: right there right there that's the cost
1: uh, so, you know, maybe if I yank out a few things that I'm currently paying for and just give that money to, to Salesforce, like I still kind of break even if I get rid of the pre-existing stuff. right? So now. the
0: only problem is, is you're going to need to find someone who knows a little bit about Salesforce admin to go in and set all this shit up for you.
1: Oh, man, I, I, I can do that, man. That's not a problem. Just jump in there and just start, you know, poking around and clicking on shit, right? That's, that's how that works.
0: So I have one other question. You mentioned to me the other day, and I did not know this was a thing, that you also have the Todoist extension installed in Gmail on your iPhone. So does this give you any sort of additional Benefits using Zapier over the Todoist extension, or does it not work that way?
1: So the extension for Gmail, I'm fairly certain that I actually installed this on the web uh, mm-hmm. through some means of installing an extension in Gmail.
0: There's a link to it on Todoist download page where they give you all the different tools you can install it on. Ah, that's probably I, how I, I I'm found pretty it. sure there's a link to their Gmail extension. Yeah, that's probably how I found it. Uh, I would look, but I'm not as efficient with Narrator on the web, Chrome, <laughs> I mean Edge, whatever I'm using.
1: Uh, but it, it, it surprisingly shows up in the Gmail, well, surprising to me at the time, shows up in the Gmail app on iOS as well. The Todoist extension, What, it, what it, I would actually say that it is, is superior to the current way that I'm using Zapier. Somebody else that knows Zapier better and can man- manipulate data. Mm-hmm. Uh, in ways that I cannot. So one, I'll, I'll get to what a possibility could be that I want to investigate with Zapier, but uh, with the Todoist extension, if I tap that, it will bring up like a little uh, sheet, you know, sort of like what the share sheet looks like. But it's yeah. a Todoist interface, and it automatically pre-fills the title of the task with uh, the subject of the email. It includes right. a mail link back to the email. I don't know if that works. That does seem to work now that I think about it, if I archive it. I'm going to have to look into that. <laughs> uh, but from there, I can select the project. And usually here, instead of it being like, oh, you got to type in the project name, or do all this, it's like pop-up button. So pop-up button uh, for the gotcha. project uh, and section, label, uh, set priority, set due date. Due dates, you have to type that in naturally. So, you know, tomorrow, next week, whatever. Yeah. Uh and then you hit add to the do and you get a little thumbs up emoji that says we have added this email to do list and then,
0: that is cool. then you
1: hit close and it goes away and you go back to checking your mail. Now it has been a little finicky more recently than it used to be. Uh but that does work fairly well. So if you're a Gmail user, uh and it also shows up on Android in uh, a gmail app on it mm, mm-hmm. but if you're a gmail user and you use it on the web very heavily this could be great the reason for bringing in zapier at all uh is because i tend not to use gmail on the web
0: uh, uh yeah.
1: i tend to use MimeStream. uh
0: I was just going pack. to ask you if it shows up in Mimestream. Nope. And I imagine it does not. Nope. So you can star a message in Mimestream yep. and get a similar effect as if you were to use the extension.
1: Yes. Yes. Gotcha. And gotcha. I think I could probably ultimately build a zap that would accomplish what I want it to, which is, let's say typically, let's say I'm working on a project. Like if I have, for some reason, the name of the sender or something matches a project name. Uh, send the task there when I start versus to my inbox, right? I will have to add a, a step in between, I believe, in between. Uh, so star Gmail, a Zapier action that, uh, what am I trying to say? Investigates that data? That's not the right way. Inspects that the data.
0: scrapes? Oh, inspects, yeah. Yeah, that inspects works.
1: that data and then does some matching for me to see if it matches. Like uh, if the email came from Michael at PayOn dot media and um, doesn't contain any other triggers then put it in the pay on media project uh, right. right like that and then the final step of that zap would be to add it to to do to the appropriate project so that probably could be done i'm not sure if that is possible on the free plan because i'm not sure if multi-step zaps are a part of Mm, the free plan mm -hmm. or if the tool i would need to use it i'm pretty sure they have to uh inspect data or, or pull data in so that you can do other things with it is on the free plan but that is something that i will probably end up looking at because zapier's accessibility has improved markedly significantly it's not perfect by any means right still...
0: but, but there's a, a noticeable definite enough difference in oh yeah
1: like i was able to build this when i built this app the second time because i already knew exactly what i was looking for like it, it literally took me maybe 10 minutes and some huh. of that was just me realizing like oh i need to do this this way versus that way and then i was able to share a link with mike to that zap yep yep which means it, mike it's... could be using the exact same zap that i am had he clicked on the link and when his created a Zapier account and added it to his account, and turned it on and connected his Todoist and Gmail.
0: So about that. Uh, yeah. So I need to <laughs> That's a uh, lot of stuff, play with Zapier. That is awesome. That is.
1: Yeah. I, I, I am feeling less. I will say this. I, I really would need to spend some time with it. Uh, you do get five free uh, active Zaps, as they call them, and, uh, and you get 100 actions. So that's, that's 100. You know, every time your zap runs, that's an action. Uh it against it. So right now but I don't have-
0: Don't they check every 15 minutes or is that on the paid account?
1: Do you know? Uh, I believe on the free account, they check every 15. I believe on the free and like the first one or two tiers of the paid account, they check every 15 right. minutes. You got to get up to paying up serious money and they'll check every two minutes for you. It's like, yeah, but I ain't got that kind of money. Uh,
0: so- so Zapier is good. I will just throw this out there that Salesforce also has a built-in uh, Gmail extension. So if you get an email from a contact or from an from someone who representing an account, you can just add it to their record right there. So just just throwing that out there. Man, this
1: guy's turning some kind of Salesforce.
0: Salesforce uh, solves your problem. <laughs> <laughs>
1: kind of Salesforce marketing. Uh. Something. I I don't know. Salesforce everything. If
0: if if they start paying me, then I'll start talking about it even more. So just warning you guys, if if we come out with a Salesforce podcast <laughs> <we'll> go, <laughs> then there was money exchanged somewhere. <laughs> okay. But if you want us to come out with a podcast in your name, you can go to your own pay slash support and support us a lot and maybe we'll think about it. Probably not
1: yeah i mean if you support us a little we will shout you out on the show though unless you tell us not to so we would appreciate it uh yeah i i I am really fascinated as you're learning stuff about salesforce about how much it actually does like some of the things you've told me i'm like oh yeah you know that makes sense but then someone was like oh i I wouldn't have even thought to look at salesforce for that so Mm -hmm. they have seemingly built a pretty fully contained system and I seem to remember years ago with Salesforce because I, I I have done some stuff with Salesforce mostly as a user and not mostly very successfully back then, but this was you know, mm-hmm. ten or more years ago too. Yep. Uh, I seem to remember there being sort of that that scenario that we have with, with some services uh, where oh, they offer this core feature, but if you want that, you got to get an app and that app or that service or that connector comes from a third party that has nothing to do with the main company. So, mm. you know, it could be complete garbage, but nobody cares. QuickBooks. Just yeah. I got to put them out there. QuickBooks. Intuit <laughs> owns every freaking thing. <laughs> why? Tell me why. Somebody, please tell me why. If you know the answer to this, tweet at me. Tell me. T- tell me. Uh, please. Why? In QuickBooks. Do I have to go to a third-party tool to sync data from PayPal, from Stripe, from Square? These are all well-known companies. These are all big players in the e-commerce market and financial market online. Why would I have to go to a third-party to pull data in from those services if I'm paying QuickBooks? Now I got to go pay more money to this company that has an app on the QuickBooks marketplace. No, doesn't make sense. Does not compute.
0: I'm not going to tweet you, but I'll tell listeners how they can tweet you if they want to in a minute. But the answer is simple, Tomasi. Follow the money. Intuit wants you to use their payment processor, and they're like, you know, we'll just integrate with our payment processor and screw all the other ones. If they want to use those data, they they got to pull that in with a third party. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen is you're going to end up losing me as a customer. As soon as I find something that is as comparable or that my bookkeeper is like, oh, yeah, that's pretty great. And I don't feel like it's garbage. Uh, Salesforce. <laughs> 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 it doesn't and cost me 25, but well, I don't know if I get rid of QuickBooks, I can really, you know, just stop mm-hmm. paying QuickBooks and give that money to Salesforce.
0: Yeah. yep. Just saying. Do they yeah. really have uh well, they can. You can do any sort of formulas and math and import data. Uh, and I don't want to build the data. system to do the bookkeeping though. Oh, I guarantee, I guarantee, there's an app on App Exchange that'll do it. That. Oh, see, that's the same problem <laughs> I was just talking about. <laughs> it's not going to help at all. So, if you have any solutions for Damasi, you can reach out to him on Twitter at Damasi D A M A S H E. I'm at payom, Payown P A Y O W N on Twitter. You can get show notes and more information at your own pay.com slash dm ninety eight.
1: And you can tweet the show at the DM series. So that way you only have to mention one person instead of both of us, if you got something for both of us. And I do check that account sometimes in spring,
0: spring,